Hello, I'm Patricia. This is Sound News, broadcasting from the Old Man's studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for weekending, Saturday the 3rd of June. On behalf of everyone here and the Craigavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, Craig Shares Stroke Story, and from the Lurgan Mail, Multi-Million Pound Revamp for Buildings. Now it's over to Gareth, who brings you our first story. Hello everyone. The first story tonight's from the Portadown Times, Craig Shares Stroke Story. A Portadown man who suffered a stroke while on holiday in Canada has told how his experience has led to, to him to a path of wanting to help others. Craig Shilliday, who suffered a stroke in March 2019, has recovered well and is determined to use what happened to him for something positive. Craig is now a volunteer for Northern Ireland Chest, Heart and Stroke and this volunteer's week he is sharing his story. Craig explains, My wife Alison and I were on holiday in Toronto when I had a stroke. We had popped back to our apartment when I noticed weakness in my arms, my face dropped on one side and my speech started to slur. I felt perfectly fine and then, without any warning, bang. I'm lucky that Alison knew straight away what it was. Alison knew my symptoms matched the fast face, arm and speech time advertisement and rushed me to hospital. When they say the quicker you act, the more you save, they are right. I was at hospital within 25 minutes and that had a huge impact on my recovery. Craig was treated in Toronto and upon return to Northern Ireland was visited at home by a member of Northern Ireland Chest, Heart and Stroke, its care team. Craig says, very early on I wasn't in work. I wasn't allowed to drive. I was enormously frustrated. Lynn was from NICHS, signed me up for the Charities Prep Post Rehab Exercise Programme in Lurgan a physiotherapy-led community-based course which helps rebuild people's lives after stroke through exercise and education. <coughs> a multi-million pound plans to lovingly restore 14 of Lurgan's historic buildings to their former glory got underway this month thanks to the Lurgan Townscape Heritage Scheme. The scheme, which will support the investments of over £7 million into Lurgan's conservation area is collectively funded by local property owners Armagh, City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council, the National Lottery players through the National Lottery Purchase Fund. First phase of the scheme got going in May as £3 million renovation works to four historic properties at 3 and 5 Market Street, 47 High Street and 38 North Street began. Over half of this investment has come from the property owners themselves, supported by additional investment from ABC Council and the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Lord Mayor of Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon, Councillor Paul Greenfield said, It is fantastic to see the start of this ambitious regeneration programme get underway in the historic town of Lurgan. As one of the oldest settlements in the borough, Lurgan is home to over 40 historic listed buildings, which no doubt gives the town its distinct architectural character and appearance. And with plans to sympathetically restore 10 more iconic buildings, the scheme will start to breathe new life into Lurgan 
by helping create new jobs and opportunities for local people and visitors, while also preserving the town's rich and beautiful heritage. And now for the road to chemists. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses. Starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 4th of June, the chemist is Orchard of Mandeville Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 5th of June, the chemist is Gordon's of High Street, open until 7pm. There is no road to chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 4th of July. The chemist is McKegney, sorry, 4th of June, not 4th of July. Sunday the 4th of June, the chemist in Lurgan is McKegney of Edward Street, open from 7 to 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 5th of June, the chemist is Boots of Market Street, open until 7pm. There is no road to chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Moving on to crime. A Portadown man who pleaded guilty to persistent and proper use of communications causing anxiety has been given a four-month jail term suspended for 18 months. Rory Tennyson, aged 43, from Churchill Park in Portadown, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday, May the 26th. Tennyson was accused of persistently sending messages via electronic communications to a man between May 14, 2022 and December 10, 2022. District Judge Francis Rafferty was told that police received a report on November 29th last year from the victim who said he had received a message from the defendant of an offensive and upsetting nature. The prosecutor said this occurred on May the 14th, 2022. The victim therefore blocked and deleted the defendant from social media. It was then over an eight-month period the defendant had messaged multiple people known to the victim telling them the victim was a rapist and other upsetting detail. The defendant is also alleged to have posted similar content on the wall of his Facebook profile naming the victim as a rapist. This has caused the victim and his greater family circle significant amounts of anxiety and stress. The injured party said he was fearful for his four-year-old son being approached and asked if his father was a rapist. Further to that, the injured party spent a spell in hospital in October last year and was still subjected to messages posted on Facebook as he was contacted by his friend regarding the messages. Police arrested the defendant on December the 11th. He was interviewed on two occasions and made no comment to interview throughout. The victim has sought a restraining order from the court. Tennyson's barrister, Damien Halloran, said, The background to this is the unfortunate separation of Mr and Mrs Tennyson. Tennyson now accepts he should not have been posting that material anywhere. Tennyson has removed himself from social media completely. He is here with his brother and sister. His sister is his appropriate adult. He sustained a traumatic brain injury as a result of a road traffic accident in 2001 when he was 21 years of age and that has impaired his cognitive ability. There were reports that were directed satisfied Mr Tennyson was fit to plead and understand the nature of the charges, said Mr Halloran. Describing Tennyson as a rather isolated individual due to his brain injury, District Judge Rafferty told Tennyson he was not to post anything on social media or anywhere about the injured party. Stay off social media because it's not good for you 
obviously not good for other people, the defendant was warned. He sentenced Tennyson to four months in prison, suspended for 18 months, and issued a restraining order in relation to the injured party for two years. And now local government. Housing executive goes electric. Plumbers, painters, electricians and store staff will soon be twiggling around Portadown and Lurgan, as well as other parts of Northern Ireland, in a brand new fleet of 10 electric vans. With an investment of more than £400,000, the medium-sized green vehicles are part of the Housing Authority's plan to reduce its carbon footprint and improve air quality. The Citroen Dispatch XL vans will be garaged in the Belfast, Coleraine and Portadown depots, but with a range of around 200 miles they will travel all over Northern Ireland. Stephen Moore, the Housing Executive's Assistant Director of the Direct Labour Organisation, said electric vehicles are the key technology to decarbonise road transport, a sector that accounts for 16% of global emissions. These vehicles will help us in our drive to cut CO2 emissions from our fleet, in line with our energy efficiency and sustainability, sustainability process policies. These new energy efficient vans have replaced 10 of our old diesel vehicles and we hope to expand this in the future to include reviewing our grounds machinery as well. David Rowe, the Housing Executive's Fleet Support Operations Manager said, our new vans are quite powerful and very comfortable to drive and there is plenty of space for our tools and equipment. All our maintenance depots are equipped with fast charging points which will enable us to cover a wide geographical area. The Housing Executive Chair Nicole Lappin said, we are delighted to receive delivery of these smart new technology vans. Vehicles are a, main, a major source of greenhouse gas emissions and this transition to cleaner technology will help provide a healthier environment for everyone. Our organisation is committed to addressing the impact of climate change and we intend to play our part in sustaining our environment for future generations. We have a target of producing net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and plan to do this not only by decarbonising our fleet but also by improving energy efficiency in our organisation, supporting the building of low carbon homes and decarbonising our housing stock, she said. Upper Van MP Carol Lockhart is among DUP figures who have rubbished the idea that the party is turning away from outright opposition to the Windsor framework, so long as more funding for Northern Ireland can be obtained from London. Ms Lockhart insisted last week that the DUP's position hasn't changed, and that her comments which sparked such speculation had been taken out of context. The furore began with a statement from the party last Wednesday afternoon, in which the Windsor framework and its predecessor, the NI Protocol, went unmentioned. In that statement, Ms Lockhart had said, the DUP is committed to ensuring the political and financial foundations are stable for the returning executive, and that is why Sir Geoffrey Donaldson is prioritising the funding issue directly with the Prime Minister in our ongoing negotiations with the government. This was interpreted by some as meaning that the main issue keeping the DUP out of Stormont was not the Windsor framework, and the attendant Irish Sea border, but a dearth of NI 
funding from central government. Following the DUP statement, Stephen Nolan devoted his BBC show to the question, can the British government buy off some unionist worries over the Irish Sea border? DUP MLA Emma Little Pengali said in response to the Nolan show coverage, hey, wise up. They have made it clear the fundamental problems of the protocol need to be addressed. In all our discussions, we have made it clear that financial settlement is not and will never influence that. Lord Dodds added his voice, saying, This is right. The prerequisites is the restoration of our equal citizenship within the UK. And Ms Lockhart herself weighed in to say that the story was a witch hunt. My statement yesterday was taken completely out of context, she said. To be clear, her position has not changed. Before any return to Stormont, we require solutions to outstanding areas of concern with the framework including in areas of internal trade, as well as remedying the damage done to the Northern Ireland place within the Union. The UK Government has provided unprecedented levels of grants and one-off payments to help with energy bills, alongside more than 40 other support schemes, depending on your circumstances and income, to help with the cost of living. Through the Energy Price Guarantee and Energy Bills Support Scheme, the government has covered around half of a typical household energy bill this winter, saving about £1,500 by the end of June. Information on the support schemes and energy saving tips can be found at gov.uk forward slash help for households. In just over a month, uh, this is another story, uh, part of the story, another month someone has helped 160 families with government cost of living support schemes and are all appreciative of the extra funds they received. There is support out there and help to seek it and help to seek it out too. Check you're getting all the payments you're eligible for and take steps now to make sure you're ready for next winter. And then it's all about help for households here. Uh, you can take action now. Now is the best time to look at how you can save money on heating costs this coming winter and there is plenty of little of, of little actions you can take immediately to reduce the amount of energy you use. You can reduce your boiler flow temperatures to save up to £100 a year, turn appliances off at sockets to save as much as, one, as £70 a year, install an energy efficient shower head to save up to £55 a year, Take shorter showers to save up to £90 a year. Wash clothes at lower temperatures to save up to £40 a year. Switch to energy saving light bulbs to save up to £55 a year. Plumbers, painters, electricians and store staff will soon be tootling around Portadown and Lurgan as well as other parts of Northern Ireland in a brand new fleet of 10 electric vans. With an investment of more than £400,000, the medium-sized green vehicles are part of the Housing Authority's plan to reduce its carbon footprint and improve air quality. The Citroen Dispatch XL vans will be garaged in the Belfast, Coleraine and Portadown depots but with a range of around 200 miles, they will travel all over Northern Ireland. 
Stephen Moore, the Housing Executive's Assistant Director of the Direct Labour Organisation said, electric vehicles are the key technology to decarbonise road transport, a sector that accounts for 16% of global emissions. These vehicles will help us in our drive to cut CO2 emissions from our fleet in line with our energy efficiency and sustainability policies. These new energy efficient vans have replaced 10 of our old diesel vehicles and we hope to expand this in the future to include reviewing our grounds machinery as well. David Rowe, the Housing Executive's Fleet Support Operations Manager said, Our new vans are quite powerful and very comfortable to drive and there is plenty of space for our tools and equipment. All our maintenance depots are equipped with fast charging points which will enable us to cover a wide geographical area. The Housing Executive Chair Nicole Lappin said, we are delighted to receive delivery of these smart new technology vans. Vehicles are a major source of greenhouse gas emissions and this transition to cleaner technology will help provide a healthier environment for everyone. Our organisation is committed to addressing the impact of climate change and we intend to play our part in sustaining our environment for future generations. We have a target of producing net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and plan to do this not only by decarbonising our fleet, but also by improving energy efficiency in our organisation, supporting the building of low carbon homes and decarbonising our housing stock, she said. For more information on this scheme and other information about the NIHE, visit www.nihe.gov.uk Lockhart praises Balmoral Show DUP MP Carla Lockhart has praised the organisers of the, U the RUS Balmoral Show for another successful showcase event for our rural way of life and world-leading agri-food industry. The DUP Environmental Food and Rural Affairs spokesperson said the Balmoral Show is one of those circle the date events for the calendar and it has been a wonderful and it has been wonderful to see huge crowds once again out in the force to save to savour all the shows has to offer. Our agri food and farming industry is obviously at the heart of what this show is all about. We have world class livestock on show and also a range of our innovative, world-leading engineering companies who continue to invest in research and development to ensure they meet the demands of modern farming. Across the show, we also see amazing food producers who make such a huge contribution to our economy, but also make Northern Ireland a food destination for tourism. The, U the RUS must be commended for another fantastic family event. Peace Plus Programme on Good Relations Audit Public Consultation. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council is encouraging residents and local community groups to engage in the Peace Plus and Good Relations Public Consultation. During the consultation process, members of the public will get their chance to share their views on local community needs and priorities that will help shape the development 
of two important initiatives within the borough. Peace Plus Programme Local Community Action Plan and Good Relations Audit to inform the development of Council's Good Relations Strategy 2023-2025. You're invited to join us at a public consultation workshop near you, Portadown Town Hall, Monday the 5th of June, 7pm, the Palace Chambers, Chamber Armagh City, Tuesday the 6th of June, 2pm, Courtrooms Restaurant, Market Hill, Tuesday the 6th of June, 7pm, Brownlow Community Hub, Craigavon, Wednesday the 7th of June at 2pm. Lurgan Town Hall, Wednesday the 7th of June 2023 at 7pm. Old Town Hall, Bambridge, Thursday the 8th of June at 2pm. And Dremore Community Centre, Thursday the 8th of June at 6pm. For more information or to book your place at a workshop, email timothy.comcon.com at armaghbambridgecraigavon.gov.uk An online public consultation survey is also available at armaghbambridgecraigavon.citizenspace.com up to the 9th of July 2023. The DUP's Environment, Food and Rural Affairs Committee spokesperson Carla Lockhart has said the increased prevalence of TB in badgers is further evidence that action must be taken to reduce the disease and to protect cattle across Northern Ireland. The Upper Ban MP commented, the positive rate for TB in badgers tested has jumped from 16% in 2021 to 27% for 2022. That is a significant rise, and whilst it will not be a surprise to farmers, it will cause significant concern that the disease continues to spread and pose increased dangers to cattle. We are all too aware of the devastating impact of TB on local farms. Entire herds wiped out with decades of work in terms of genetics ended with the cull of a herd and a brutal end to a lifetime of work. Ms Lockhart continued, This sharp increase in TB rate shows the urgency in addressing the source of the spread of TB within wildlife. Baskets and blooms, summer colour. Hanging baskets supplied and filled, patio containers, full range of bedding plants. 28A Canola Bed Road, Portadown, BT62, 1RP, telephone number 028-3885-2168. Just off the F4, three miles from Drumgee Roundabout and one mile from JCT12 on the M1 towards Portadown. Find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash babynurseries. The sun shines as Lurgan to host the 2023 show on 3rd of June. Attracting thousands each year, Lurgan Show 2023 promises to be as fun as ever, with lots of family-friendly activities as well as top-class agricultural judging and showing sections. 
Entries to all classes are proving very popular among competitors as the countdown begins to the Lurgan Show 2023, as it's taking place today actually in Lurgan Park. Organisers revealed there is a slightly revamped layout, but the ever popular pet show will definitely be a major attraction. All are invited to the pet show at 2pm, which is kindly sponsored by Lurgan Veterinary Clinic and Affinity Veterinary Clinic. Of course, the traditional funfair will be at Lurgan Park, as well as numerous trade stands, reveal Lurgan Show Committee, which is delighted to be sponsoring the Northern Ireland Kidney Research Fund. The charity founded just five miles from Lurgan strives to support research into kidney-related disease. There will be an information stand and volunteers in attendance in the showgrounds. A much larger number of businesses than previous years will be displaying and selling their products within the craft village marquee. Good heartland traders all from the local area will be there. Northern Ireland Chest, Heart and Stroke is currently running a blood pressure awareness campaign due to the charity's concern around the number of people living with undetected high blood pressure and the fact one in two heart attacks and strokes are linked to the condition. As part of the campaign, NICHS will be offering free blood pressure checks at selected MACE stores and they are urging the public to come along and have their blood pressure measured. Fidel McCarter, Head of Public Health at NICHS, says, Undetected high blood pressure is often known as the silent killer due to the fact it rarely causes any physical symptoms or warning signs and is often only discovered after someone suffers a stroke or heart attack. The only way to know what your blood pressure is, and if it is high, is to have it measured. And we are delighted to be working with our corporate partner, MACE, to give the public an opportunity to access free blood pressure checks. Fidelma continues, the NI Chess, Heart and Stroke Health Promotion Team will be visiting MACE Waringstown on Wednesday the 7th of June from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. to provide pop-up blood pressure checks to the local community. We want to provide people with a convenient opportunity to get their blood pressure checked. We understand how busy everyday life can be, but making time for your health is so important. So why not get a check when you visit Mace Waringstown for some shopping? A blood pressure check is simple and only takes a few minutes, but it really could help save your life. For further information, visit www.nichs.org.uk slash high blood pressure. C-A-T-N-A-G-M, Wednesday 28th of June 2023, Downstairs Hall, 7pm for 7.30pm start. Tea and coffee on arrival. All welcome. Right. Dale joins Ports. Portadown's latest recruit, Dale Montgomery, believes the club should be in the Premier League 
and wants to help bring them back to the top flight after joining from Newry City. The 32-year-old has proved his versatility by being able to play anywhere across the fence and also in midfield during almost five years at the showgrounds where he helped them win the championship title in 2021-22, something Montgomery is hoping to replicate at Shamra Park. Montgomery made 31 top flight appearances last season as Darren Mullen's side preserved their premiership status by finishing 10th but was immediately sold on the move to Portadown after speaking with manager Niall Curry. Montgomery, who has also played for Armagh City, Dungannon Swifts and Loch Goal, joins Aaron Hogg, Ross Redmond and Caelan Coyle as new faces at Portadown, while striker Alan O'Sullivan signed a permanent deal following his loan spell last season. Curry is building a squad capable of challenging for the title and Montgomery is fully on board with that ambition. One season in the championship is our aim, he added. Niall made that clear to me from the start and I'm 100% on board with that. I couldn't agree more. This team and club should be in the Premier League. It's a Premier League club with the fan base and the calibre of players that it always has had. Always, has always had. One season we want to be straight back up. In terms of myself, I do, my, do see myself as a leader on and off the pitch. So it doesn't matter who is wearing the armband at times. It's a collective group and everyone has to chip in. Portadown have also announced that David Douglas has been appointed as performance analysis ahead of the new season. In a statement on Portadown's official website, Curry says he believes Douglas is top of the tree when it comes to analysis. Glenavon boss Gary Hamilton believes newcomer Stephen Taggart's versatility will be a major asset for the Lurgan Blues after securing the 24-year-old services. Glenavon beat off a number of other suitors to land the former Newry City man on a three-year deal after his contract with mid-Ulster rivals Portadown expired. Taggart made over 120 appearances for the Ports, but his contract wasn't renewed after Niall Curry's side suffered relegation at the end of the season. Speaking to Glenavon's official website, Hamilton welcomed his new recruit to Mournview Park as preparations continue for the start of the 2023-24 campaign. He said, We've watched him for the last couple of years now and looking at the list of out-of-contract pros, he's the number one player who fitted what we were looking for in a player. He's 24, which is a good age. He's versatile as well and has played numerous positions for Portadown, centre midfield, right back, right wing and left wing. Over the last few years, he has done well for Portadown and Newry, and hopefully by moving to us, he'll be able to improve even further. It marks the second arrival at Glenavon, after the club already completed the signing of defender Bobby Dean from Dergview. However, leaving the club is Matthew Fitzpatrick, 
who has joined Linfield on a two-year deal. Linfield boss David Healy highlighted his excitement on the official club website at the arrival of a quality player who I've admired for some time, he said. He's a proven, experienced player who knows our league well and he's keen to come on board as we aim to recapture the Premiership title in the season ahead, said Healy. And Lenavon manager Gary Hamilton has highlighted the appeal of full-time football with Linfield for the 28-year-old striker. When we received a couple of bids for Fitzy, we asked him what he wanted to do and he wanted to give full-time football a crack, said Hamilton on the official Glenavon website. We have to respect and understand that. I'm sure he would agree that he's improved during his time with us, but unfortunately, we don't have the full-time model to compete with those other clubs that do. Anna home on top thanks to Taylor Drive. Anna United edged ahead in the battle for premiership status as they secured a 2-1 first leg promotion playoff win against Ngannon Swifts at the BMG Arena. With both teams having to play the game due to Warren Point Town's appeal for licensing rejection, they certainly made up for a lost time in an entertaining affair with County Armagh. It would take just three minutes for the deadlock to be broken. Ed Swift's free kick by, by Oren O'Kane met Dane Curry at the back posts and the defender's head across goal was met by McGowan Amashan, who planted his efforts in the bottom corner. Two minutes later, a dangerous cross into the box by Craig Taylor forced Michael Ruddy into action, but the fullback could only divert the ball into its own net. On eight minutes, a delightful delivery into the box met the head of Jordan Campbell, but the Anna defender failed to guide his attempt on target. Just before the halftime whistle, Anna would spurn a great chance to move ahead as the lively Taylor centred the ball for Stephen Murphy, but the ex-Glenavon frontman would be denied the legs of the Declan Dune. In the second half, Murray's half-volley sailed harmlessly over the crossbar before Nathan Kerr's inviting cross into the box forced Curry to clear his lines as Perder Duffin looked certain to pounce. On 56 minutes, the championship side would threaten again as Niall McGinley picked up position just outside the box and his curling attempt was held by June. On the hour mark, a defensive clearance could only make its way to Duffin and despite taking the great first touch, the winger could only blaze over. The top flight visitors carved out chances of their own as Ryan Mace picked out Ben Cushney but he failed to test Joel Little. Cushney would yet again be involved on 65 minutes as he was sent through by O'Kane, but his daisy cutter was diverted around the post by Little. From the resulting corner kick, Curry's header looked destined to find the net, but Stephen McGuinness cleared the ball off the line. A misplaced swift pass would see the ball present itself to Taylor, and the winger managed to arrow an unstoppable strike into the top corner. With just four minutes to go, McGinley shot over the bar. Swifts would fight to the very end with little, little diving, low to tip Corey Smith strike around the post. What are we going to do? Anybody doing anything? The Ergen bowlers set for cup run. 
Lurgan's senior team are meeting Portrush, a Northern Ireland Pro Provincial Bowling Association team, on Saturday in the second round of the prestigious Irish Senior Cup. They are hoping to repeat last season's performance in the Irish Intermediate Cup when they reached the semi-final, but they know that they will have a huge task ahead of them. However, the Lurgan bowlers are oozing with confidence, and here are some results. Lurgan B, 69, 6 ends. Donaghy DB, 54, 1 end. Lurgan B's team were in top form in last week's midweek Division 3A match at home to Donaghy DB, having soon remedied their loss against Shaftesbury in the Irish Junior Cup on the previous Saturday. A match that ended with Lurgan B winning by 15 shots and collecting six valuable league points to take them to the top position. Lurgan Blues, 33, 4 ends. Mark Riddall, 36, 6 ends. Sam McCombs Rink took the first end with one shot, but losing the next two ends found themselves 1-3 down. By the fifth end, they were all square at 4-4. Four, four. Getting four shots on the tenth end brought the visitors back two with a shot. The home team then found some form, picking up seven shots on the next three ends, took control. Losing four shots on the 15th and 16th ends, the game was back to within four shots. The home team rallied again, and a three on the 17th end put enough daylight between the teams to finish the game 22-16 to 16 winners. Alan Briggs' rink got off to a great start and were four up after two ends. However, the next seven ends were disastrous, with the away team picking up 11 shots without reply. Three shots over the next two ends would see the home team get as close as they would get for the rest of the game, with the Maverick Doll rink going on to get eight shots on the closing four ends, to eventually run out winners by 11.20. On May the 25th, Lurgan Ladies set off for an away match in Whitehead. Unfortunately, the Whitehead team could not produce three rinks of four players. Therefore, rinks one and two had three players, with one player throwing twice for their missing team player, which means that they would lose a quarter of their scores. The final overall score was Whitehead 26 and a quarter, Lurgan 58 resulting in Lurgan, Lurgan gaining six points for the match. Okay. What's the time like, David? And now for the news summary. Rush awarded Cup a century after Friendly. It all started with a man I met down in Greenore Golf Club, said Frankie Rush, on receiving an international cup for his late father of the same name almost a century after he played football for Northern Ireland against a touring South African team at Solitude. I was down with our senior team in Warren Point and there was a message left for me from a man called Jim Murphy who was doing a story on 100 years of Dundalk Football Club, Frankie said. He said my father was very prominent there when he started playing for them. So he sent me information about him and where he had played 
and that's where I saw that the FIFA had given an international cap to anyone who had represented the league at that time, explained Frankie, whose best brick-born dad, who began his footballing career in Newry, went on to become a top goal scorer for a host of other clubs, including Glenavon, Dublin United, Shelbourne, Distillery and Dundalk. Frankie got the cup a few weeks ago, but after four or five years back and forth with the IFA, the importance of actually getting it safely into his hands was evident as he regaled the delivery to his door. Daddy had played against the English League and the Scottish League, but he got nothing for that. Yet, when he played against a South African touring team in 1924, FIFA decided to give a cup, albeit only a recent decision. Frankie Rush scored the only goal the home side got in the 2-1 defeat to the South Africans. Born in Bessbrook in 1900, Frankie started his footballing career with the Bessbrook Athletic but after a stint in Glenavon, where he played in their 1922 Irish Cup final defeat to Linfield, he moved to Dublin, where money was better work-wise. He got a job with Jacob's Biscuits, and that's when he joined Dublin United. The centre-forward was leading goalscorer that season with nine goals. When he was playing with them, Shelbourne saw him play, and offered him terms to sign with them. He played for one season with them, and he won a Leinster Gold Cup medal. As for the cup, Frankie said he was extremely proud to have it as a legacy of his father's stellar footballing career, and as something that will be passed down through the family generations. And while his own golfing prowess, having had a handicap in single figures, Slowed down in recent years, he still gets out there and plays with his friends of a similar vintage. And you better believe it's still as competitive as ever on the putting green. People think when you get to your senior years, you're done with sport. But we have very competitive senior leagues in golf. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're finished. Pupil sing for Archbishop. A school singing programme which aims to roll out in the Upper Ban area has been set up to tackle declining engagement with music in state schools. The, pro the programme, which just finished a pilot in Armagh, plans on rolling out across the whole of NI. A special children's liturgy and service of celebration recently took place at St Patrick's Cathedral, Armagh. The programme, which runs in state schools across the UK, is funded by a charity the Hamish Oscon Foundation. Nearly 600 children from selected schools in the Archdiocese of Armagh and the Diocese of Dromore came together in the cathedral to celebrate their participation in an eight-week singing pilot, which saw the children benefiting from weekly professional free singing tuition. The Sing a New Song event reflected the input of Archbishop Emmond Martin a school singing steering group, priests of Armagh, parish plus, plus workers and volunteers from the parish community. This event was made possible by the Hamish Oscon Foundation, 
which founded the National Schools Singing Programme in 2021 and pledged 4.135 million in funding to the programme. The programme, which engages over 20,000 children in over 200 state schools across the UK, is an ambitious music education initiative which aims to give as many children as possible, regardless of their social economic background, access to the personal, social and educational benefits of deep and, cont and contagious engagement with music. The music performed by the children in the cathedral was ambitious and prayerful, including parish anthem by Mer Bernard Sexton with the folk-orientated Thy World is a Lamp Unto My Feet by Amy Grant, M. W. Smith and Tia's favourites such as Jubilate Deo Servite and Veni Sactit Spiritus. The latter was taught and performed by Archbishop Eamon Martin. Ben Saunders, consultant for the NSSP, made an address at the event. Please believe me now when I said the school's singing celebration in St. Patrick's Cathedral was simply wonderful, inspiring, joyful, substantial and spectacular. What have you achieved in a couple months is quite remarkable and the high level of ambition shown for the children in your primary schools is exactly where it should be. I was genuinely moved by the music, the hundreds of young voices and the skill which Archbishop Amond waved everything together into some thing that was at times quite transcendent. Primary school PTA is best in UK. The principal of a primary school on the outskirts of Lurgan has hailed its parents' teachers association as fairy godmothers after they were crowned the best in the UK. National PTA Awards 2023 winners announced that Brents of St Patrick's Akakonum is the champion PTA of 2023 for the whole of the UK. The group also were awarded Northern Ireland PTA of the Year. Writing on social media, Brents of St Patrick's Akakonum said, We are still on cloud nine following our success at the Parent Kind Awards last Friday. UK PTA Champions and Northern Ireland PTA of the Year is an achievement we, and we mean everyone connected to FOSPA, our school and our community, should all be very proud of. We couldn't do this without you. We love what we do. We do it for the boys and girls in the school. So keep an eye on our Facebook page over the next few days as we have something fun planned to really celebrate these achievements in style. Catherine Brown, Principal St Patrick's Primary School, described the group as very godmothers who are a constant source of hands-on support for any and every school event, raising money for new iPads, teacher and non-teacher training, as well as digital maths and literacy learning platforms to supplement the core curriculum classroom teaching. Mrs Brown said, FOSPA are very visible in and committed to the parents they represent. They have their ear to the ground for parent issues and are often the conduit for raising parental concerns. Our parents and the wider school community hold them in very high esteem. FOSPA have this year also organised a family fun run as part of their 5k event, a Santa Sunday family day 
and an upcoming St. Patrick's Family Fun Day. In organising the St. Patrick's event, they have collaborated with other local community and council organisations and have successfully won grants across a range of providers. I can honestly say that in my 23 years of teaching, working in several schools and having had opportunities to collaborate with dozens more, I've never known a parent group as prolifically successful as the Friends of St. Patrick's Ackercommon. Since their inception, they have worked tirelessly for the benefit of our entire school community, raising thousands of pounds and leaving an indelible imprint on the fabric of school and indeed community life for our pupils. Celebrating National PTA Week Parent Kind made the announcements recognising those PTAs, whose activities have made a significant difference to their schools and students. Parent Kind's Chief Executive Jason Elson said, National PTA Week is an invaluable opportunity to meet so many awe-inspiring parents. They are often unsung volunteers who give up their time and channel their skills into improving the educational experiences of children at their school. National PTA Week brings PTAs together from across the UK to celebrate all their incredible achievements. I warmly congratulate every one of our National PTA Week Award 2023 winners, runners-up and nominees. <clears throat> Northern Ireland urgently needs a strategy to fix a growing crisis in maternity services, the Royal College of Midwives, RCM, has said. The representative body's warning comes as it publishes a report on the province's maternity provision, which is being launched at Stormont today. According to the RCM, the situation has gone beyond urgent and is now critical. The report details the mounting challenges for maternity services as the demographics of women needing care is changing rapidly. RCM Director for Northern Ireland, Karen Murray, said, services are coping because of the incredible efforts of staff who go above and beyond on a daily basis, often to the detriment of their mental and physical health. But this is not sustainable. We are seeing far more complicated pregnancies, and this is increasing the demands on midwives and their colleagues. They want to ensure these women get the best possible support, advice and care. That is proving more and more difficult without the resources to back them up. We need more investment and more midwives to deliver the services women expect and deserve. Ms Murray said the recent rise in the number of student midwives is one positive that must be sustained and added any fall in student midwife numbers will have a negative impact on the care for women and the well-being of staff. It is also essential that we focus on retaining the midwives that we have by ensuring that they are paid fairly and have opportunities to work in sustainable ways and to develop their career. The report also shows that there are increasing numbers of women being cared for by Northern Ireland maternity services with additional health needs. 
More than one in four pregnant women in Northern Ireland are now obese and less than half have a weight in the healthy range. They are also much more likely to have been diagnosed with diabetes than a decade ago. Despite a drop in the birth rate over recent years, all these factors have significantly increased and complicated the workload of midwives and increased pressures on maternity services, the RCM said. Nurses cycle for hospice. Nurses Michael Gordon and Mary Rose Scott are putting their endurance and determination to the test by undertaking an epic coast-to-coast -coast cycling challenge in the support of Northern Ireland Hospice. Michael and Mary Rose, Michelle and Mary Rose, who work together as complementary therapy nurses in NI Hospice in Belfast, plan to cover humongous 240-mile return cycling pedalling over four days from Belfast to Ballyshannon in County Donegal. Donegal. The chosen route will see the colleagues set off from Northern Ireland Hospice Belfast on Friday the 28th of July before, before passing through Lisburn, Portadown, Dungannon, Oma, Pedigo and Ballyshannon. There will be two overnight stops along the way before ultimately returning to the hospice on the afternoon of Monday the 31st of July. The pair have also set themselves a fundraising target of £5,000 to aid the hospice's specialist palliative care work and everyone is being asked to donate. Closing remarks. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. If you are a member of the church or other organisation which invites guest speakers, please keep us in mind. Contact details on our on our on our website at www.atnni.org.uk or email cntnn at yahoo.co.uk or put a note in your wallet. Editing the news this week were Patricia and Peter. Our technician was David and reading this week with me were Patricia, Judith and Gareth. From the newsroom at the Old Maze, this is Katie signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be, will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sound News is, is a Kurgavin Talking newspaper production. Okay. Thank you.